Hey, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Garage Cast Podcast. Brought to you today by, well, at least powered by Cadoba. Yeah, I had to give me a. I'm in Virginia for, uh, I'll be in Virginia for a few. Well, I'm in Virginia for a few weeks. So why not partake in Cadoba? That's definitely, uh, def- uh, my belly is definitely full from them. Got me a little iced tea to uh to parch to parch my thirst no to quench my thirst um speaking of that yeah i'll be in virginia for a few weeks so every episode that i can see is going to be recorded from this beautiful hotel room climate controlled with a refrigerator and a mini fridge so i will not starve at 11 o'clock at night when my sleep schedule is messed up and I wake up and I'm hungry. I'll just reach my little mini fridge. Break something out. I've got some grapes. What else? I have some oatmeal and grapes. Should be good enough, right? Hold me over. But I digress. Yeah, I'll be here for a few weeks. And I'll be bringing you episodes every week. And then um, back on the road to yet another state. And I'll try to keep it up. Anyway, why am I telling you guys about that? You guys don't really care about that, do you? Let me know. No, if you don't, I'll keep talking about it. But regardless, uh, I'm recording this early to release. uh, Release this week. I'm recording it Sunday. So you guys should hear this by Monday or Tuesday. Anyway, it's a pretty sad week. Uh, I saw Muhammad Ali passed away. And uh, I saw when he... When he went to the, uh, he went, I could have sworn when he went to the doctor or to the hospital, uh, the news, it was just the uh, news on the uh, daily news headline. No, it was just a news, uh, what did it call Like a bullet. It said, ah, Muhammad, a, 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 a former boxer, Muhammad Ali has been hospitalized. And I could have sworn it said, you know, he's fine. It's just uh, like a checkup or uh, there were complications to his condition. Yeah, but he's fine. I turn around, wake up the next day, the guy's dead, right? He was uh he was seventy foot seventy four. Hope I'm not lying. I have my computer, I'll check it out. But he was uh Muhammad Ali. He was uh he was seventy four, seventy two, I can't remember what it is, if this internet would seventy four. Yeah, he was seventy four, man, and uh I thought about it when he passed away. I thought about this years ago, and it may I may have been jumping the gun, but at seventy four, uh, with Parkinson's, and aside from that, even if he were weren't uh, a champion and and he didn't you know stand up for a lot of things, in his heyday when he was younger, you know if he even if he weren't that guy, uh, I still think, and I'm probably gonna catch some you know some flack for this, but seeing somebody with Parkinson's at the stage, not Parkinson's, what does he have? Daggone it, Parkinson's. That's what Michael J. Fox has. Oh, Muhammad Ali. I don't know anything about Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Condition. What the heck? What does this boy have? Muhammad Ali. In grave condition. Yeah, I, I get that. Extraordinarily grave. You know what? Just tell me what he had. I don't know what the boy had. Daggone it illness i just want to find out what he had part what muhammad ali face of struggle against parkinson's he had parkinson's i guess him and michael j fox are shaking it up whatever 
But even if he weren't Muhammad Ali, the great Muhammad Ali, you know, um, personally, I think at a certain point in his life, when he's at a uh, a point where he he just he really just becomes um, kind of incapacitated. But you, I have a very bleak opinion on life. Uh, but to see him at 74, I looked and went, uh, you know, when I, when I found out he passed away, I kind of, I was kind of relieved that now mostly, you know, his family, his friends, uh, the public, mostly, you know, my parents, they don't have to see, they don't have to see him in that state anymore because nothing to see a person that's when you meet them, they're sick and you kind of go, Oh, okay, well they're sick. And you know, whatever they have, whatever condition they have, they're sick and that's fine. But when you see someone go from, uh, you know, just a young, vibrant, outspoken, uh, charismatic you know, champion, even in the sports realm, but even as a regular person, when you see them go from that and then you see them actually uh, just uh, kind of erode away with a disease or a condition that, excuse me, with a disease or a condition that in today's science, it, it can't be. You can't fix it. It's one thing if it's alcoholism and they kind of and, and the person brings it on themselves. It's still sad, but you really deep down, you think, well, you're doing it to yourself. You can bring yourself out of it. But when you see it's a condition that doctors have no cure for, they may have treatments, but there aren't there isn't any cure for me. I say, you know, not too early, but at a certain point, he be better off, you know, passing away. And I know that sounds very very bad, very cruel, but it's no different than your grandparents. Everyone's grandparents at a certain point where they become, uh, where they get uh, Alzheimer's or, you know, they get dementia. There's a certain amount of years you can deal with that and reason with that, but then at a certain point you just kind of go, not, I, mean, I wish they were dead, but you kind of just go, I hate to see them like this. Now, now it hurts me to see them like this, you know, every single day, every minute when I see my grandmother or parents even, you know, my grandparents, my parents, parents, when, uh, what the heck is going on with this beeping? Uh, when you see that, you know, it, it kind of eats away at you and just saddens you, but he's passed away and, uh, I'll always remember him for, you know, I'm, uh, I'm 37. So I, I mean, I know of him. I remember some of his, uh, I don't remember his fights, but I remember watching videos when I was, a, when I was a kid and because of my parents, uh, so, you know, I, he he definitely was, if no one else, a person that can tell you. And I believe this. To, I believe it to this day. He was a person that really showed me, you know, aside from many other people, he was a person that definitely showed me if you don't believe in yourself, no one will. And he may have been up there talking a boatload of, you know, trash. But at the end of the day you kind of really looked at that and went, well, nobody else is going to really say, no one is going to say that about him the way he says it about himself. So, you know, even with uh, my own things I have going on in my life, you know, I can't, I can't sit around and wait for someone else to, uh, you know, make a Facebook account, make a website for me, make a t-shirt for me saying what I, exactly what I want to say. So with, just with that, I think uh, if you got nothing else from him, you have to understand that, even if it was part of the fight game, there's a certain part of that. There's a certain part of that in the fight game or anything. If you're, you know, play basketball, if you're in any sport and you're kind of talking trash, you can't really do that if it's not you. It doesn't come off as believable if that 
thought and that feeling isn't deep down inside you. So, and that's the difference between some people that talk trash and they win, and then some people that will just go out and uh, and just win the game, you know, or beat the person or whatever, or win the match, depending on what it is. Hold on, me. I gotta take me a sip of this tea. Hold on. Oh man, that's good tea. That's some good tea brought to you by Cadoba. We don't have any sponsors here at the Garage Cast. None of my uh, six listeners will uh, sponsor me. Anyway, but yeah, that's uh, that's a sad thing to see that he is gone. However, if you really look at it, you know, now he's not suffering. His family isn't seeing their father and their husband and their, you know, their uncle or, you know, however that lineage went. Uh, with people that saw him, you know, once a month or once a year. Now they don't have to go through that, which in turn is good. The biggest thing I'm concerned about, I think he is married, but are they going to flip over his uh, flip over his estate like they were doing Prince's? I don't think so. I think uh, I would definitely believe that he has a will or, or if his wife is still alive, things kind of default to the, to the spouse. Going through that, I understand that if you don't have a will, Things get very messy, very fast. But uh, I think that's only if the the parties involved um, are mature. You know, the people that I've seen that have lost loved ones, and they were, you know, you have siblings, and and uh, really just siblings is all I've seen. As long as you're mature about it, and you kind of, you know, go through everything in the house, and you go, well, all this kind of stuff. Let's just dump this stuff because it's meaningless. You know, it's, it's it's dishes and, you know, just nonsense. But then in clothes, you know, just a whole bunch of nonsense. But then when you get into certain things that may mean something to the person or to the uh, people or remind you of that person that passed away, that's when it can get, that's when you start talking about things. You say, well, I don't need this picture, but this picture reminded me of my uh, whoever passed, you know. Uh, this picture reminded me of them, so I'll take it. Oh, okay. You know, and I think that's the difference between even the Prince thing, the people, uh, Prince's estate, and uh, just other famous, more wealthy people. Because if you really look at it, it the fighting afterwards does no one any good. If and then it, it it's very it just becomes very selfish. I think because you you turn into the person that that is when when they were alive you know you may have gotten help from them financially which is fine but there's a difference between getting help and then having them do it for you so if you were the person that was getting help and you paid that you know you paid that person back then great you should be mature enough to uh divvy all that stuff up but at times man it, it's just some people just see the dollar sign it was funny to me when oh excuse me it was funny to me to see when Prince passed away, they were talking about his uh, music archives, like like they've exhausted every other means of uh, 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 financial gain. It was you know he died Monday, and then by Wednesday like uh, we need to get into the vault, we got to get in the studio. I'm like, the guy just died. I mean, the guy he just died just passed away. Can you guys wait, you know, a month, get some lawyers together? How are we going to divvy this up? Who's first in line for uh, first in line for the uh, estate? So that's how, at least, you know, what I've seen. Parents die or parent, person, whatever it is. They pass away. If they have a spouse, I believe, 
they're first in line. It just defaults to them. Now, if the person that passes away doesn't have any, doesn't have a spouse, it goes to the children. And in theory, in theory, the children would split whatever the asset is. They would split it three ways. Now, if you're talking about a $110,000 house and, uh, I don't know, a $20,000 car, it's kind of hard it's i say it's easier to split things three ways because that's a blue collar that's a blue collar family and uh it's a blue collar family and usually it's like well i already have a car in the house i don't want any of it you know i may want that picture that's on the wall but that's about it when you get into money print status any of these uh any of these superstars not superstars but any of these famous people with money and just endless wealth like that because now everything that they had or owned is worth more it's <laughs> i heard sinbad say it in a few uh it was a few years ago now in a stand-up uh in a stand-up uh what do you call it stand-up show he had a i think he did yeah he did a special he said you know the internet said yeah you know sinbad's dead and he was joking he said i wasn't even dead long enough to get my dvd sales up you know to <laughs> to really spike that at all but um yeah, when it comes to that uh, big money, things can get real nasty. Instead of people being humble and saying, "All right, we, you know, we are his or hers uh, brothers, siblings. My life is straight, man. I'm good. I just want to, you know, if I can get that picture from, you know, when he came to my wedding or whatever it is, and I'm out. I don't need any of the nonsense. If you guys need somebody to take over the estate because you guys already have homes and all this stuff. I'll be the executioner or whatever. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But yeah, it usually gets real ugly when uh, when that big money starts getting spent and uh, people act like they don't have any freaking sense. But once again, yeah, it's sad to see. It's sad to see Muhammad Ali go, but at a certain point, I do believe, yeah, it was time for him to kind of kind of roll out, man, because nothing... Oh, man, this dope is doing me in. Nothing that I can explain to my children can truly make them understand and see that the person that was alive a week ago was the same person that floated like a butterfly and stung like a bee. There's no way, nothing I can do. Even if I show video, that human being standing there, you know, speechless, emotionless, you know, just very, almost like a mute there's no way for me to explain that. So with him passing, it's kind of like, all right, you know, now we can close the chapter and now we can really start talking him up and, and really showing showing that uh you know that uh sometimes great things do come to an end, but I don't even know what I'm trying to say right there. But he's passed away, you know. I hope he's fine, hope his family's fine, hope they truly understand what family is and at this time this time in their life, they should sit down, get together, and just, you know, they should grieve, they should celebrate, they should, you know, kind of move on, but it's probably going to take uh, quite a, maybe a few years for them to truly understand that, you know, Muhammad Ali is gone, just just his absence in the home alone is going to make them go, oh, man, you know, he, he really is, he's out of here, wow, so, anyway, oh, speaking of Muhammad Ali, watch that, uh, Watch the UFC. God dang on it. What is it, UFC? UFC? Whatever. What what are they on now? UFC 198? I don't know, man. 
this is horrible. Bisbing versus Rockhold. I'm searching everything just so I don't get it wrong. Oh, yeah, UFC 199. Uh, Kevin Casey is was Muhammad Ali's son-in-law, which was crazy. Speaking of that, man, speaking of that daggone UFC 199, I watched it last night. Yeah, I fell asleep, so, you know, uh, beat it. It's late. Thing was over at 10 o'clock, man. I'm in bed by 8.30, tucked in. But, yeah, I watched that one. It's pretty good, pretty good show. I can't believe that um, – <laughs> I can't believe the Rockhold got knocked out like that. And he said it in his post, not the com what is it, press conference, but the regular interview. He said it. The uh the lady who interviewed him, I don't even know who she is, probably some new chick. So oh, she's new, she's attractive, whatever. But she was saying, you know, that, you know, you know, how did you not see the shot or whatever? And he oh, was it a powerful shot? Did you expect Bisbing to hit that hard? And Rockhold said it, and I believe it's true. So it's not so much that he hit me hard; it's just that he, you know, he got caught. And um, if you watch enough fights, uh, professional boxing, maybe a boxing matches, mixed martial arts, street fights, a lot of the, a lot of the times, it's not a lot of the times, a lot of the time, dang, a lot of the times, most times. How about that? Most times, the knockout shot doesn't it isn't necessarily that doesn't even make sense most of the time the shot isn't a hard shot it's just where the shot landed where the person was punched where the person was kicked that's what got him and uh when i saw him actually i watched it and it was sad it looked like i think it was a right hand or jab whatever you want to call it biz uh biz being a uh, rock hole kind of kind of punched but then kind of it seemed like he leaned into uh, Bisbing, and it just didn't seem like a calculated strike. It seemed as if Rockhold threw the punch and maybe got off balance because he was he was close. He was almost face to face, body to body with Bisbing. So then, when Rockhold, you know, retracts his hand, that's when uh, that's when Bisbing came over with a, I think it was a left. Called him, looks like on the jaw, and kind of dazed him, which isn't anything he. Uh, Biz being rolled up, and I thought he was going to be able to fight through it, which, uh, you know, Chet Congo style. That was an awesome, awesome comeback from a, a blatantly dazed Chet, Chet, Chet Congo. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought Rockhold was going to hold it out, uh, be able to get out of that, man. But Biz being jumped on him. And let me say this about Biz being before anybody that listens to this, before anybody really talks about this, this is the thing that I see with. Uh, the UFC anyway, not to talk bad about them, about the UFC, but you have Bisbing and people will say, you know, he's this great fighter and it, it was a 10 year journey and all this stuff. The only reason Bisbing got a title shot was because uh, all American Chris Weidman, he got injured. Chris, I think Chris Weidman and then uh, it wasn't Yolo, Yolio, Yolo Romero. Well, I can't, I don't think it was him. But Chris Weidman was injured. The next guy in line, he was he was injured or just just had surgery or something. So it's not as if what I see. It's not as if uh, Bisbing is on a ten fight winning streak. You know, moving up the uh, moving up the rankings, and it's like, oh well, here you go. You know, you you won ten in a row against ranked fighters, and, and now you get a now you get a uh, title shot. So 
when I see that kind of thing in the, in the, and mostly in the UFC, and I think the UFC is kind of they're, they're, they're it's great because they don't have to tr- follow the traditional rules of I guess fighting boxing, but at the same time you'll see that the UFC will create a champion. They'll create a focal point. So yeah, Bisbing didn't almost didn't earn the title shot. I think. Because he wasn't up to fight, uh, he wasn't up to fight for the championship belt, like like in wrestling, right? But he wasn't up to fight for it. So the fact that that kind of fell in his lap, I think, uh, to me, it, it doesn't take anything away from the fact that yeah, he beat that guy. But at the same time, is it that Bisbing was the uh, unranked? And he's ranked, right? But was he so far down the line? Was he the unranked, uh, you know, state college football team? That beat that beats the ranked team that went to the uh, uh, the Sun Bowl or whatever last season last year. You know, it, was that what really happened? Because I think I want to say uh, Rockhold said he underestimated him also, and that could be why. It's like, ah, this guy, you know, he's fourth in line. You know, blah blah blah. So regardless, Bisbee's a champion now, but I don't think that I don't think that he really earned that shot now. Are they going to do a rematch? I would hope so, only because of uh, – no, it was it was in the second round. I'm thinking uh, Jose Aldo McGregor how it was over uh, 13 seconds. So that's a fight that you'd want to see again, only because we don't really get to see what Aldo can do against McGregor. And on top of that, Aldo was a champion for, you know, 10 years or so, 10 years undefeated as a champion. So, you know, to kind of – Give him a second go at it. I think is uh, is needed, uh, but yeah, Bisbing and Rockhold, man, I can't believe that. I never thought, I never thought that Bisbing would beat Rockhold. Really, just because of the length, and uh, I, I, I can't say that Bisbing isn't good, because he come down here and rack me. But um, I just, it's just, it's just funny because I thought that Bisbing lost to Silva. It was at Bisbing's last fight, I think, or or two fights ago. He fought Anderson Silva. I thought he beat him, but I'm not a judge. You know, I'm not the UFC. But yeah, the UFC is kind of um, excuse me. The UFC is kind of uh, uh, not janky, shifty. They're they're unique like that. They don't have to follow the rules. But then again, stuff doesn't make sense. You know, they can just strip somebody of the title. Like who is that? Uh, John Jones is now. He beat uh, St. Prue. So now he has a belt. Great. Awesome. But that's an interim belt. My whole thing is why even do an interim belt? Just strip Cormier if you're going to create an interim belt. It's the same thing with um, same thing with uh, McGregor. I think – I can't think of these guys' names. Man, I, sh- I need to – I should have uh, did some research before I started talking about this. But the same thing with McGregor. McGregor doesn't have the belt now, so now – Oh, man, Frankie Edgar and Aldo, I think it is. They're going to fight for the interim belt. Just get rid of the belt then, man. Just get rid of, say, McGregor, you're not the champion. These guys are fighting for the actual belt. It's vacated. And the Cormier. Cormier is the, the champion, but Jones fought for an interim belt. Well, either make that fight a title fight and just get rid of Cormier's belt altogether or – just have that as uh as Jones's uh, first fight back. It's okay. It's still a win. There, there's no, there's no asterisks or anything 
next to any of these interim uh, title belts or anything. The only one that I can say uh, was valid uh, in my lifetime, right, or the in my with my knowledge of the UFC, was when Cain Velasquez, Velasquez, when Cain was uh, stripped of his title because I think he went a year or two without defending it because he kept getting surgeries and all this stuff. Like that, you kind of look at it and you go, eh, okay, I'll give you that. You know, if you have it for, if you, if you win the belt, win the game, win the game. If you win the belt and then you go, you're, or you go, God, now I'm going to slow down. When you win the belt and you go into a year break, you kind of go, eh, eh, okay. You know, you got to pay some people. You're going to celebrate a little bit. You may not necessarily want to jump right back in there. But, uh, all these other guys, man, all these other guys, these two other guys, you kind of go, why not, why not just strip them of the title altogether and make them, make Cormier and McGregor then the number, I think it's number one ranked uh, challenger. I think it goes 10 to 1 and then the belt. Oh, I think, yeah, I think that's how it goes. Oh, man, I need to work on my daggone uh, fighting knowledge. But yeah, that uh, that fight last night was kind of goodness gracious. That fight last night was kind of uh, shocking. Anyway, yeah, and then the Faber Cruz. I'm not big on those two, man. I definitely think Faber should have uh, the last round should have just came at him. Oh boy, uh, oh man, the, the commentator. This is horrible. The commentator that's with Joe Rogan. He said it best. He says, "Well, uh, you're either going to get a decision loss or win, or a knockout loss or win." And at that point, in the fifth round, Faber had really nothing to lose because I think Cruz won all of the uh, all of the rounds. And also, I want to say that Cruz's style, if you jump on him, then he's not able to control that pace. He's not able to throw that, which I, which was which was funny to me because he doesn't he doesn't repeat patterns, but he repeats the same shots. That I can't remember what it is exactly. There's like a a right hand or a right uh, left jab, right hand, something. He leans almost all the way down to the side, kind of. Maybe it's out of the range of uh, most kicks or punches, but he repeated that same move over and over again. And I feel like uh, I feel like Faber should have jumped on him because that. But that's coming from a guy who's not a fighter. That's coming from a guy who's not doesn't compete in anything uh, at an amateur level at all. But when I saw that, I just go, fifth round, man, uh, you have not, um, beyond a reasonable doubt, dominated any round. You've been, I think he got, Faber got knocked down twice, I think, in the same round. So, I look at fifth round, man, just go for it. The absolute worst that can happen is um, you lose. So, you're either going to lose as a knockout or lose as a decision. But that's coming from a guy who doesn't, who doesn't get paid to get punched in the face. Or get paid to punch people in the face. I don't know. Oh, man. So, being down here in the lovely VA, uh, I have noticed one thing. There are a lot of people, for some reason, down here. A lot of women. What is... Why... Why is... I think I saw this in California. Why is it that people insist on putting their dirty grubby chick kickers on the dashboards of their cars sticking them out the window i never understood that 
and I, I see a lot. I've been here, I've been here two days now. I see a lot of. I'm just like, why? What makes that okay? Take your shoes off, off of the dirty floor mat, by the way, off of the dirty ground, out of your dirty shoes. Uh, let me just throw them up here on the dashboard. Let me put them up in the window. It even seems to me, uh, seems it would be uncomfortable to sit in the chair and then have your feet and your knees so close to it. I just don't get it. I see a lot of that down here. I don't know, is it just a, a beach thing? I guess I am by the beach, technically, right? Is it just a beach thing? Or what is it? But I see a lot of it. That's ah, weird to me. It was weird when I saw it 10 years ago. I was like, hey, why, do you, why are your feet hanging out of the window? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Hand out of the window, fine. Dog's head out of the window, fine. But for you to stick your feet on the dashboard and stick them out of the window, I, I don't know, man. That's one bag on thing. I see this. I just go, uh, I, don't, I don't understand that at all. But anyway, that's just me. That's my opinion. IMO, right? Oh, there's a new Avengers movie. Oh, no, there's an old commercial. I really need to start watching more movies. Maybe I can. I'll go to Netflix now. Yeah, so down here in the lovely hotel. There's nobody here, man. I'm back to bachelor living. I'm back to uh, having uh, grapes and water in my refrigerator. Bachelor life. I'll probably, uh, probably eat takeout every night, which is great. Speaking of that, check this out, right? So, I was a here to go. It's so I haven't said that in eighteen episodes. Um, I went from being let's talk let's let's talk about fitness for a while. Fitness, I, I don't even like that word. Let's talk about how fat I am, right? <clears throat> in the beginning of March, I think I told you guys uh, not last episode, episode before that. I think I told you guys I got sick in the beginning of March, right? So about a week before that, I was up to 265, man, right? So, uh, God, there's that so again. I was at 265 at least in the beginning of March. Got sick. Uh, got sick, lost my appetite. Ended up eating uh, twice a day, opposed to the five times a day, you know, bodybuilder style. Ate twice a day, dropped down all this weight, and I think I was down, I think I got down to 246 or something, last time I checked, right, last, last weigh in, 246, what I don't understand is how is it that when I ate three 400 calorie meals, three to 400 calorie meals, five to six times a day, and ending at a caloric deficit, how is it that I didn't lose weight as rapidly as I did now? Eating fast food, eating, but which it it's yeah, it's got plastic, it's got red dye number seven, it's got all the garbage in it. But I'm eating Five Guys, I'm eating Burger King. I mean, today I had Cadoba, um, Subway, all this stuff, twice a day, and that's and I respectfully twice a day, losing all this weight. I don't I don't understand it. I'll take it, but I don't understand it when the. Uh, when the general consensus is, uh, yeah, you got to eat. You have to, you know, eat every few hours, every two to three hours. Revs up your metabolism. I don't see that. Now, if I can't get below, um, if I can't get uh, under 240, if I can't get under 240, then, yeah, I'll definitely have to change it up. Start eating a little better. 
But right now, I look at it and I go, I'm not eating. I'm not cooking all those meals five times a freaking messing up my weekends. Not really. It didn't mess up your weekends. It didn't mess up my weekends. It would do. I think I would take maybe three hours total from breaking out the food to uh, to packaging it, packaging it to, yeah, put it in the Tupperware bowls or, or whatever it is. So it's not that big of a deal. But I often noticed when I was doing that, I just couldn't, I couldn't lose the weight. It was weird. But maybe it, the maybe the difference is portion control over, eat, you know, quote unquote eating healthy. I don't know. I will say that. Um, oh, you know the you know what probably part what what I'm not understanding is, I'm eating fast food and not weight training. I haven't weight trained. Goodness gracious, I haven't weight trained in a month. So hopefully, uh, hopefully since I'm down here, I'll uh, I'll run into a gym or something. But I haven't weight trained, which, okay, some of that's going to be muscle atrophy. But it just keeps – it It doesn't make sense to for me, even if it's muscle atrophy, to lose, you know, one pound, two pounds a day, three pounds over a weekend. You know, it just doesn't – It uh, logically it doesn't make sense. But uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see when next time I get on a scale and see, what, see how much I weigh. Um, Clothes are fitting a little different, so I don't know, man. I might just uh I might just do the uh hotel workout, the push ups, some uh I don't I don't know about crunches. Check this out. I've not exercised, right? I haven't done yoga, I haven't done anything. I've barely stretched over over the past month, right? Uh March, April, May. All of May. Didn't do anything, right? Just regular, you know, moving just regular life having exercise at all i'm starting to see abs and not i guess it is low body fat abs but all of those years of you know ab workouts and you know i'm doing 10 sets of 10 and then i do the twisters then i get on the machine and i do the the hanging leg raises i never got the i never got that result and if I, i think about it is that are ab exercises needed to show your abdominal muscles or is it all body fat from what i understood it's all body fat so if you take um if you take a take a power lifter power lifter yeah you take a power lifter or a strong man uh athlete right if you take one of those people well i'm gonna just speak for guys because women you guys are a completely different scientific amoeba right but if you take a strongman athlete or a powerlifter that may carry around a, some extra body fat to you to uh, utilize when they're going through some of these movements or lifting some of this stuff. If you take that person um, and you change up their diet to have them, they can still train uh, the same exercises, but you change up their diet to where their uh, their body fat drops. There, I, I guarantee you, they'll have some uh, some nice little abs sitting under there. Looking all pretty without doing one single crunch, one single sit-up, one single uh, elbow-to-knee twister, one high-knee exercise, none of that stuff. You know, I think abs are really – abs are built in the kitchen, but I think they really are built between uh, squats and deadlifts and uh, any sort of core stability or core uh, – yeah, core stability-based exercise. You can do all the abs you want. There's nothing. I'm not saying don't do them. No, you're not going to take advice from me anyway. 
but I'm not going to say don't do them. But at the same time, I really look at it and I just go, ah, I'm, I haven't done abs. I haven't done anything like that. And uh, now I'm starting to see some abs. I'm starting to see the, what I used to call the the tombstone, you know, how the, I guess you have your, 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 your abdominal muscles and you have the love handle area, the sides, and there's almost a little line going around there. You start to see that start to come out. And then you start to see the lines going across uh, horizontally. So when when I start to see that, when I haven't done one single ab exercise, haven't done a squat, haven't done an overhead press, haven't done uh, haven't done a deadlift, you know, uh, specific to specific to exercising, working out. When I see that, I look and go, I don't think I'll ever do abs again. It's just not necessary. It's kind of, and then that's the funny part is uh, eating fast food. I'm not watching my fat content, you know, grams of fat per meal. So I don't even think it's that. All right, never do a podcast and try to watch TV. But I think the, oh, man, this is the Avengers or something, whatever it is with the Incredible Hulk. But, yeah, I don't think I'll ever do I don't think I'll ever do abs again, not in that manner. You know, I'll do stomach vacuuming, something something like that. I think that's uh that can be good even for a meditative uh meditative uh, meditative state, you know, some uh, Wim Hof kind of breathing techniques. But yeah, when it comes to the stinking uh abs, I'm over it. I can't I can't support doing that. Anyway, so I think I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh, I think I'm gonna wrap this one up. Uh, Muhammad Ali is gone, you know. Whatever we'll we'll read about him in the in the storybooks, and we'll talk about him for another month until uh until another gorilla gets shot, you know, for uh, doing nothing really, for the fear of the gorilla doing something. See another gorilla gets shot, and then we'll forget all about Muhammad Ali and Prince and and. Uh, and uh, transgender people. Trent, I think I already talked about that. <sighs> we'll forget all about this stuff in a week when something new comes up that seems to be more important than uh, Ebola, ISIS, Syria, North Korea, uh, chemtrails. So, you know, something else will pop up and then get pushed through the media and then we'll forget all about this. And people will go, did Muhammad Ali, when did Muhammad Ali die? And then this will be in two months. I think it was last year. Nah, no, that was two months ago. June 3rd is when he died. Right? June 3rd is when he passed away. It happens, man. But all right. Um, I guess I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, check out the Garage Cast Facebook page. Uh, if you got any questions, hit me up there. Or, yeah. Hit me up there or email me at thegaragecast at yahoo.com. Oh, I'm not a Gmail guy. I'm a Yahoo guy. But uh, if you got any questions, you want to come on the show, let me know. And uh, we can set something up. Uh, shout out to, um, oh, No Rights Reserve episode is up. Their last episode of the season is available on YouTube. So check it out, No Rights Reserved. Uh, it's a pretty good show. Uh they already have their uh, their last episode up. So uh, check that one out. Let them know what you think about it. And I'm out.